Hey guys, it's Allie. Welcome back to Infertile AF, the podcast. This is episode 155 called Kate K. Hello, everybody. This is Allie and Blair, the co-founders of Fertility Rally. And we are here to tell you a little bit about who we are, what we do, and how we can support you on your infertility journey. So we wanted to let you know that Fertility Rally is the membership group that we created. It's the place we wish we had when we were in the thick of it. We offer support groups. We have private Facebook groups. We have tons of events, lots of videos, blog posts, so much content. We're starting to do IRL events as well. And we want to be there for you no matter where you are on your journey. Yeah, our favorite part, we had no idea where this would go when we started it. And our favorite part about it is watching all of our members, which is like 300 plus at this point, connect and create true lifelong friendships. We have members that are meeting up in real life. We have members that are supporting each other on Instagram. We have members that call each other best friends now. And honestly, like that is the most rewarding thing to see. We had no idea it would go here. And so we're just... We're inviting you to join the Rally Fam. Yeah, it's such a great space. It's a safe space. We also have fun when we can. So we would love for you to be a part of it. Check us out on fertilityrally.com and on Instagram at fertilityrally. Hope to see you guys soon. This episode is sponsored by Tara B Fertility. Dr. Tara Brandner works as an experienced doctorate nurse practitioner and fertility coach with patients worldwide. She received certification through the American Society of Reproductive Medicine and Marquette Natural Family Planning. After enduring a long road through infertility followed by a traumatic pregnancy, Tara turned her heart into hope for others. Tara offers a personalized approach to fertility care to help you get unstuck in your TTC journey. She also offers services for a peaceful pregnancy after infertility. Tara has combined her experience as a healthcare professional and personal struggle to help couples navigate their family building path. She has a library of free downloads created by a medical professional. She offers a variety of services to fit your needs, including a one-time visit, one-to-one coaching, and the Confident Fertility Academy. To find out more or to schedule a free discovery call with Dr. Brandner, go to tarabfertility.com or direct message her on Instagram at tarabfertility. Thanks, Tara. All right, guys, I'm so excited to share this conversation today with one of my favorite people I've met in this community, Kate Napton, who is just a sweetheart and so great and such a supporter of other people who are going through infertility. She started the company Joji & Co., which is a beautiful jewelry company. It's all about infertility jewelry and empowering women. She makes really cool stuff. So we started working with her through Fertility Rally, and then she came to our first Fertility Rally IRL event, which you'll hear us talking about in this episode. And she and I have just become really good friends. So she's going to tell us today about her embryo adoption story and how she ended up having her two babies. So I don't want to say anything more than that. I want her to say it in her own words, but I do want to thank her so much for all the work that she does for all of you in our community. Definitely check out Joji and Co. on Instagram. And without further ado, this is Kate's infertility story. Oh my God, Kate, I can't believe we're finally doing this. I'm so happy to talk to you. 
Yes. I'm so excited to be on. Yes. So not to pick favorites, but you are definitely one of my favorite people (laughs) I've met in this community. We, gosh, how did we even meet through Instagram, obviously, but when we started doing fertility rally lives, you started, you know, donating stuff. Cause you have this amazing jewelry line, Joji and co yes. it's so cool. You make, you know, infertility inspired, hopeful jewelry. It's really beautiful. I'm actually wearing a cuff that you gave me for, yes. to symbolize like one in eight women. It's really beautiful. So, but anyway, you started, you know, helping Blair and I out and partnering with us. And then we got to meet you in real life when we did our fertility rally IRL event um, in January in Austin. And I had so much fun with you. Like you are just the greatest. So you are so sweet. It was great. And I'm not going to stay, say how late we stayed. up. <laughs> <laughs> it was like two something, right? It was, um, yeah. I mean, it was late. I definitely needed to like rest up the next day because <laughs> it was late for sure. Way past my bedtime. Right. But it was just so cool. And, you know, I think one of the best things to come out of all of this is just honestly meeting these friends that so many of you, I feel like are lifetime besties for real. Like, you know, this bond that we all have in this infertility community is so strong. And the coolest part about rally IRL, I thought was some of these women, we never would have met each other. Otherwise, you know, it was like the common thread is infertility or, you know, family building through assisted reproductive technology. And the fact that all these women from different places and different socioeconomic you know, situations and walks of life and different ages, we all came together and it was like a family reunion, even though we'd never met in person before, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was was awesome. I'm so happy you were there with us that day. And I can't wait to do the next one. I know I'm like counting down and like not wanting to bug you guys, but like, (laughs) where are we going next? I can't. We're talking about (laughs) Chicago. We're talking about Napa. Um, Oh, I've been for all of them. Who knows? Who knows? (laughs) But yes, you better come to every single one of them. So anyway, let's talk about your story. So tell me about, you know, did you always want to have kids growing up? Yeah. You know, I always wanted to be a mom. You know, my mom is amazing and I just wanted to be like her, you know, her and I are very similar and it was just something that I always thought would just happen between my mom and my sister. Like they kind of popped out kids, like no problem. So I just kind of assumed like that was what was going to happen. You know, when my husband and I were ready, we were just going to start and that was going to be our family. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, but it's definitely something I always wanted. And when it didn't happen, it was like a shock. Like I had no clue what was going on. So it was was really hard. Yeah. Tell me about that. When, how long after you guys got married, did you start to try? So my husband and I have been together for 12 years. We just celebrated our seventh wedding anniversary on Monday. Happy anniversary. Thank you. And we at first, like we got married when we were like 26. So we were kind of like, let's just wait a little bit. You know, we're still having fun. We were living in the third ward in Milwaukee. So we were just kind of living our best life, you know, mm-hmm. married, going out, having fun, eating out all the time. So we kind of like eased into it, I guess. And then, I mean, we, we were trying without trying, if you know what I mean. <laughs> like totally. if it happened, it happened. So, you know, we were kind of going and nothing was happening. And then we really try started actively trying maybe like a year after we got married Uh and, you know, things just weren't happening every month. It was the same thing, like nothing. We were, um, you know, using ovulation tests, like really planning, really trying and 
every month it was just the same result, like nothing was going on. So then at one of my yearly visits, I kind of mentioned this to my doctor and I'm like, you know, it just kind of seems weird. Like I'm super, like my cycle's very normal. So yeah. I just, like regular cycles. Yeah, this regular is at your GYN visit. Yeah. Yeah. So very regular. I'm like, this just seems weird. Like this mm-hmm. isn't normal. And the first thing she told me was to have my husband go and get checked first, which after talking to a lot of women, I heard that this was not common, which kind of bugs me because for Mm -hmm. like a woman to go in and get checked, like it's a little bit more invasive potentially. Like, you know, a lot of times they'll start with the woman to get checked out to see what's going on. But mine told me to get my husband checked because it's a very easy, quick sample, nothing to it. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. we did that. And did he have any reservations about that or was he on board? No, he had reservations. I mean, okay. it took him months to get in. Yeah. I, I but- mean, we would still try and every month he's like, well, let's just give it one more month. You know, it just kept getting extended longer and longer. Totally. Know, waiting, which I get like, it's kind of a uncomfortable task to do. Yeah, so- absolutely. And I think that, you know, not to, to stereotype or put words into your husband's mouth, but I think for a lot of guys, they're like, I'm fine. You know, I don't have yeah. a problem. It's, it's not me. You know, that's, I think it's common for them to think that yeah. and the women have a lot of it on our shoulders, you know? Right. Right. So eventually a couple months later, he's finally like, okay, let's just do it. And I mean, it's a good thing and bad thing, but like having access to your medical chart these days is kind of like a catch 22 because I mean, we found out that his results before we were even able to talk to the doctor so we got our results on a weekend and we literally mm-hmm. sat there all weekend with his results. Like, oh my gosh, what, what are we going to do? So what did, and, were you able to decipher the chart? Were you Googling stuff yeah. or like, what did oh, you find man. out? Google, yeah. So we automatically, I mean, it came up zero sperm. Like if through the um, test results, it was just, it, it said right on there, like no sperm were found. And we're like, wow. what? Like, okay. this is not happening. Like, this is not right. Something isn't right. So we finally were able to get in the test. The doctor did a re, uh, had him test again. We're like, okay, maybe it was just a fluke, like whatever. No, no biggie. We got this and came back again. The zero sperm were found. So we're like, oh my gosh. Like we, it was, I mean, the level of devastation that we were experiencing was over the top. Like we just had, we had never even, I did not know this was a possibility. Like Mm -hmm. in my mind, we're like, okay, if this, you know, we're not getting pregnant. We'll just have to go I do IVF with our, our, our own material. Like it's no big deal. And then to find out like that wasn't even an option was mm-hmm. just like, I don't know how we're going to move forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we kind of just rolled with that for a while, went into like do some other testing on him to check things. And then the doctor recommend doing the micro procedure, which mm-hmm. Sounds miserable. <laughs> yes. Can you explain it guy. to somebody who doesn't know what that um, is? My okay. We're gonna get a little graphic. So yeah. and we'll okay. say too, like, as always, this is not a medical podcast. This is just two friends talking. Yes. So, you know, consult with your doctors, obviously, on any yeah, of the stuff, absolutely. guys. Absolutely. Yes. So basically, my husband described it as like cutting into their testicles mm-hmm. and searching around for any like sperm. Mm -hmm. So it's very invasive as like, you know, I don't have those parts, but imagining that like happening is like, makes me a little, little, uh, cringy. So he had that done 
And it was probably a couple, probably like three months after we had like our initial samples done and found out that he didn't have sperm through the the samples. But we were kind of hoping like, okay, we'll do this surgery. Maybe there's a possibility that when they go in, they'll find a bunch. And if they do, they remove it and then they'll freeze it so that we could, we could use it for IVF. Right. So they went in, did the surgery and found absolutely nothing. Wow. So yeah. And I'll never forget. My mom came with me to the surgery. So I had somebody there with me and the doctor kind of called us back and put us in like this, like storage closet. And in my mind, I'm like, my husband's dead. Like, oh my God. Yeah. I'm in a storage closet. They're like, can you please come back here? I'm like, oh my gosh. I, I didn't know what was going on. Mm -hmm. Thankfully it wasn't that. So right, right, right. But they did tell me there, you know, that they didn't find anything. And yeah. So then I had to go back and tell my husband after he had woken up from the surgery that, you know, he, he didn't even, I didn't even have to tell him. He just looked at me and was like, they didn't find anything. Did oh, they? I'm like, no. So he was, you know, it was just defeat. Like we just felt so defeated because absolutely we just had never heard of something like this. So we were just no clue. And I went on the internet, like looking up, like, what are the chances of finding sperm using the microtech? Like, you know, you go on Google mm-hmm. and you just go down this rabbit hole and it's, it's constant, like maybe stories that'll, that could happen or maybe right. situations. And it's, yeah. it's, it's awful because it just, it really doesn't bring you any sort of. Yeah. Well, I feel like with Google, it can go both ways too. You can find yeah. kind of whatever you want, right? You could find yeah, the absolutely. success stories, but yep. you could also probably find horror stories exactly. of things going totally wrong. And maybe someone even died, you know, like stuff like exactly. that. So, yeah. 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 So that's kind of where we got like our, okay. You know, we talked to the doctor right after he was in recovery and we're like, what do we do? Like, what's our next step? We want to have a family. And he's like, you know, you have a 0.0% or 0.02% chance of conceiving using my husband's lack of sperm, I guess, you know, maybe one day it could come back. Maybe not. You just don't know. And, and he's like, would I sit and wait for that to happen? He's like, no. So we knew that like, it was going to be adoption. It was going to be donor sperm. It was going to be something other than my husband's sperm. So that was kind of like our first like dose of reality of what was to come. So yeah, we kind of just sat with that for a little bit and, and kind of grieved the fact that we weren't going to have genetic children using both of our DNA. Right. I think it's important that you say that you grieved because it is a very valid thing to grieve is, you know, we've talked about this a bunch before with people who've used donor eggs or sperm on my podcast, but, you know, grieving the loss of your genetics. And that's Mm -hmm. not easy because, you know, it's, you think your life is going to go a certain way and then you have to completely pivot because it's not going that way. So how did you guys grieve? Like, were you, did you like talk about it a lot? Did you go to therapy? Did you have different ways of grieving or like, how did it affect your marriage? So he had a surgery on a Friday and he was going back to work, I think on a Monday or Tuesday. And that weekend we cried. We Mm -hmm didn't really talk about it. We just kind of grieved that like idea of not using his sperm. Mm -hmm. And my husband is very much a positive person. Like he really is. He always sees the positive in almost any situation. And that was like the first weekend where like, I didn't see that. Like he was, it was very hard. It was Mm -hmm. devastating. It was just really hard to watch him. So 
I kind of had to be that person and kind of hold him up during that time. And I think it was like that Monday, he was like, okay, I, I took this weekend. I was sad. I cried. I was grieving. He's like, but I'm going to move forward. He, he was very, it was a, literally, I felt like it was a weekend for him. And then he was like, all right, let's keep moving forward. We're mm-hmm. going to do this one way or another. And he, he just, he's a rock star. <laughs> it was yes. Like, Sounds like, incredible. He is. He's amazing. And I was just like blown away by that because I was, I, on the other hand, was not like that. You know, after, when that Monday came and he was like, all right, I'm, I'm okay. We're going to be good. That's when I started to crumble and he mm-hmm. had hold me up, you know? So we definitely, during that time, our marriage was very like, it, we were a team. Like I had to hold him up during that time. And he pretty much had to hold me up all the rest right. of the time. Well, it's like, you can't both fall apart at the same time. No. no. And usually I, I mean, I don't know how I did it, but I found the strength that we can just do like, you know, I just had to hold him up and, and just, yeah. yeah and he's that's, done that's that what we do. Before. That's, you know, yeah. you're, you're a badass. That's, that's what we do. Yes. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, he's, that's kind of where we were at with, you know, finding out our diagnosis. And, uh-huh. and did they tell you, you know, next steps are going to be X, Y, and Z or what, what did you guys, where did yeah, you? Yeah. They kind there? of like, were just, you know, we went to, we had to go see like a counselor before we moved forward with anything else. That was just like a prerequisite. Like we had to do that. Mm-hmm. And so we did, and we kind of talked, we were under the understanding that like this counselor was going to be like, Oh, here are your next step. Let's talk about that. But it wasn't, it was very much like, okay, so what are your next steps? And are you comfortable with that? And we were prepared for that. And my husband's like, I'm not ready to move forward with anything right now. Mm -hmm. So we kind of took a break from like, for a few months, we were selling our house, we were just kind of still grieving and still accepting what was happening. Mm -hmm. Um, And they kind of told us, you know, you're, you can do donor sperm, you can do just traditional adoption or you mm-hmm. can do embryo adoption, donation adoption. And I had never heard of that. That was like, what? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what, what is this? I know nothing about it. And my husband was kind of like, you know, I'm, it's up to you kind of what you would like to do because if I, you know, if I wanted to have children with my eggs, he was on board for using donor sperm. Mm-hmm. If I didn't, you know, he was on board for doing embryo donation adoption. And I knew I wanted to at least try to carry a baby. So at that point, traditional adoption was just kind of like not in our radar at the moment. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of between those two. Yeah. How strongly did you feel attached to the notion of using your own eggs? Um, so we started briefly like looking at donor sperm websites mm-hmm. and I just, it was something that I just couldn't fully accept. I just didn't really, not, not that it's, it just didn't seem to work for us. Like I just didn't have like this urge or like need to use my eggs, I guess. Mm-hmm. I looked at it kind of like I wanted it to be either our children to be either, you know, my husband and I together or not neither of ours. So, so we, interesting that you yeah, felt that way. Yeah. I can totally understand that. Yeah. It's just something I didn't, I knew I didn't have to have it, my genetics to be my children. Yeah. So, yeah. and it was something that I just, I don't know. I just, it was just this feeling of like, no, it's going to be both of us or it's going to be neither of us. Mm-hmm. So he was very on board with that. You know, we, we did a lot of research because like I said, it was something I had not really heard about. It was very new to me. I was right. very familiar with donor sperm. Yeah. So tell me about like the pulling back a little bit. Um, Are you in like social media world right now? Like while this is happening, did you connect with anybody 
through, you know, the internet or Facebook groups or anything like that, like in terms of embryo adoption or like, did you find anybody else to talk to who had specifically done it? Yeah. So, um, a friend of mine from work actually is the one who originally told me about it. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so interesting. I've never heard of it. So she connected me with her and I briefly had some conversations and then I went on Facebook and really started looking. I was at the time I was looking for like male factor infertility groups and it just wasn't what I needed. Mm -hmm. And then I started looking at these embryo donation adoption groups and Mm -hmm. I found like two or three groups that just were exactly what I needed because it was women and men who were going through exactly what we were going through. And that was the hardest part for us was we didn't know anybody in this situation. Like Mm -hmm. this was new territory and we just had no idea. So finding those groups was, I I, like saved me. I swear. Like it was just exactly what I needed. You know, it just helped me understand more too, like what the process looked like. Right. But yeah, so that was like huge. Something to be said, obviously, for the power of community and connecting with people, you know, to make you feel less alone in these very unique situations. So what were you asking them? Like, what were the things that you wanted to find out? I just, one big thing was like, how do you get embryos? Or like, what is this process going to be? Like, how long does this take? You know, because my goal at that moment was, I want to be pregnant. I want to be pregnant now. Like Mm -hmm. I want a baby now. And I wasn't, that was like my number one thought at all times. Like, how am I going to do this? And how am I going to do it as fast as possible? Cause I'm very impatient Mm -hmm. and I hate not having control. So yes, two qualities that do not mix well with infertility are those because it (laughs) is so true. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, just talking to them about like, where did you get, where did you, it sounds so funny too. Like, where did you get your embryos? Yeah, um, no, it's a valid question. I know. And, yeah. you know, I think it's, I haven't talked to anybody on my show before who's gone through embryo adoption. So I'm so happy that we're doing this and, yeah. you know, anything that you can share that you learn that you wish, you know, you knew then, or that you learned as you were going through it, like, please share with us. Yeah. I, well, I think the one big thing too was we, through our fertility clinic, they actually have an embryo donation adoption program, Mm -hmm. which I didn't know that quite a few clinics do have that. And if yours doesn't have that, it might be a good idea to look into a clinic that does, because Mm -hmm. that's always a good place to start. Cause I feel like the idea of finding embryos and like the process of like getting them transferred, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. It is very overwhelming. So like having like a program is always a good place to start even just doing some research if you decide to go a different way, just so you can kind of like have somebody else being in control of like the legal stuff. And like they have a a bank of embryos available. So kind of going through their donor selection, you know, is a good place to kind of start because Mm -hmm. it's very overwhelming. And that's actually where we started was our clinic's donor embryo bank. Okay. So we so did their program first. Were you in Austin yet or are you still in Wisconsin? No, we were point? still in Wisconsin. Yeah. Okay. We, we were in Wisconsin. Got mm-hmm. it. Okay. Yep. So you're connecting with some people online, which is great. Asking all these questions. Were you hundred percent certain that that was the road you were going to go down or was there any you know chance that you were still going to try to do your own eggs? No, there was no chance. It was okay. just, it was something that I was like, I felt very good about. Like, I felt like I was like, okay, this is the way we're going to go. I'm very happy, happy going this way. You know, it, it wasn't like I, no, I didn't have any doubt yeah. in my mind. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So what did, what happened next? 
So we ended up going with our clinics, embryo bank, mm-hmm. and their their number one re- not requirement, but the the one thing that had to happen was you could only use it once. Mm-hmm. So like if we did a transfer, it didn't work. That was it. We couldn't use them again. Hmm. So why, we, why is that? Do you know? Um. Yeah. So they they don't have a huge bank of embryos, so they were kind of you know didn't want one couple to take all of them. You know, they wanted to be able to, to share that great program with many different couples. So it's kind gotcha. of a one chance if it doesn't work, I'm sorry, but yeah, which was okay. in my mind at that moment when we were like, all right, we're going to do this. We had found a couple that we um, were going to use their, their leftover embryos. I was like, oh, I'll get pregnant. Like no doubt. Like th- this will work on the first try. We're good. Right. So yeah, we were able to actually transfer two embryos though. That was kind of like their thing that you can do one or two embryos one, one time and that's it. Okay. So we went right for the two embryos because we're like, okay, well, this is the only chance we have. Let's just do both. Right. So in my mind, I'm like, all right, I'm going to be pregnant with twins. Like, right. can't wait. this is going to be perfect. Yes. And did you meet the couple, Kate? Like, we didn't. They were anonymous. It's okay. Like that, that program was completely anonymous. Okay. Got it. Um, yeah. All right. So, so yeah. how did it go? <laughs> well, you know, here we are. We're ready to go. We're we're doing all our medication. We're we're doing everything we need to get prepped. I'm like, all right, I'm going to be getting pregnant. This is great. I'm going to have twins done. Mm-hmm. And you know, you start testing at home. You're like, oh, there's a positive. I see a little faint line. Faint line. There we go. And then you go for the beta, and it's like, yeah, it's like three. And then it was down to zero, and you're like, uh. I mean, the level of devastation was like over the top. I, yes, crushing. Crushing. I I was so naive to think like one your first shot, that's it. You're good. You got it. Yeah. I think a lot of people think that with IVF, you know, not people yeah. in our community, obviously, because right. we've been through it. But, you know, from the outside world, it's just like, oh, it's a guarantee to get pregnant. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's I think so that, not. I thought yeah. that too when I was, yeah. you know, first came into this. I knew nothing. No, no. And like I said, I didn't. At that time, I didn't have my Instagram account. You know, I just talked to these women on this Facebook group. And then I talked to other, a few other, maybe even like one or two other people that had gone through IVF. And that was it. Like, I didn't know anything. I was so naive. I was just assumed that, you know, I'd get pregnant and I was going to have twins because I, you know, we, we transferred two. I thought that was it. Mm -hmm. So it was, I mean, when we got that call, it was, I mean, just devastating. I was on the bathroom floor, like just crying because I think the hardest thing for us was knowing that we didn't have another option at that time. Like Mm -hmm. we didn't have embryos, you know, frozen embryos anymore. Like we, we had our two embryos. We tried from the anonymous donor and that was it. We had no clue how we were going to move forward and what we were going to do next. Mm -hmm. I think that was like, it was just devastating. It was, it was awful. It was a really, really rough, like time. Yeah. So how did you kind of grieve through that process? Like, and how long did it take before you were like, okay, let's try again? Well, so I am like, again, like to have control of situations. And obviously when you're doing IVF and and infertility, there's no control. Mm -hmm. So I was like, like on the internet, just scouring every single website I could find that dealt with embryo donation adoption and just like, grasping at straws. Like I would mm-hmm. message clinics. I would. So on this Facebook group that I was on, they have donors on there as well. 
that are donating their embryos. So like they kind of like, it's like a little dating site, you know, you have your profile with how many embryos you have and about yourself. And so I was on there like searching, just like, does anybody have any embryos, you know, available? Right. I felt like that was like, I feel like I didn't really have time to grieve like the like transfer not working because mm-hmm. I was so focused. I'm like, okay, what's going to happen next? Like, what do I need to do? Like, I need to keep moving. I need to do this. I want to have a baby. And so on this Facebook group, I messaged this woman and was, I saw that she had like six embryos, you know, a little bit about herself and I messaged her and I was just like, Hey, you know, I see you have embryos on this Facebook group. Are they <laughs> sound so funny? Are they still available? Yeah. It is such so, an odd thing to have to, did you ever in your wildest dreams think that you'd be in that situation? No, I mean, I even like talking to my family about it, like prior, like many years ago, it was like, they're like, wait, so you're doing what? Like, mm-hmm. like what is this? You're, you're, you're using someone else's embryo. Like, it's just very wild. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I mean, I messaged her and I was just like, Do you, are they still available? And unfortunately she messaged me back and she was like, no, I'm sorry. They're not. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. like, right. Tr- time to figure out something else. Like on okay. my next. and the next day she had messaged me back on Facebook and was like, Hey, are you available to chat? I want to, or, or I want to talk to you about my embryos. I'm like, what? Like, what the heck? Like you told me last night, you know, they're gone, whatever. So I just kind of reached out and was like, sure. Like, you know, what? What, what are you wanting to talk about? And she was like, we, our embryos, we're, we think we'd like to donate them to you. And I was like, what? Like, so confused because she had said, you know, that they were already gone. So I assumed like some other family had them or what. Uh-huh. So I ended up calling her because she was like, here's my number, call me. And I was, at first I was like, this seems weird. Like automatically, like, you know, I get a little nervous. Like, this is weird. My husband's like, I don't know. Do you think we should call? Right. Yeah, it was just it's, a little eerie, like not uh-huh. So, but yeah, I ended up calling her and she was like, hey, so my embryos, I, I know I told you my embryos aren't available. She's like, but they are. Um, what had happened was she had been trying to donate them for a while, like probably maybe like six months or so. And she just said, she's like, I, I would have these like talks with these women and I just didn't feel comfortable. Like she's like, I just couldn't donate. Like I didn't feel comfortable for whatever reason. Like I, I decided, you know, that they weren't going to fit. And she had actually signed off for the six embryos to be destroyed. Oh, so, like, wow. Yeah. They were like signed off. They were so in, in her eyes, she's like, well, no, they're not available because they were destroyed. Oh my God. Yeah. So I was like, okay, um, you know, are they destroyed? And come to find out, she called the the clinic and they had, they had not yet destroyed the embryos. So they were, so she was, she was like, stop, like, I don't want to destroy them. Hold off, you know, for now. Mm-hmm. And so we, we talked and she was like, yeah, I, I just went to your profile. I felt this connection. I want you to have them. And we're oh like, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, like blown away. Like, yeah. this is literally like two days after like our failed transfer. This isn't like a long oh, time. Wow. Like, this is like two days later. Yeah. Right. Like, so what crazy. did you know about her? Did she, how many kids, did she have kids already? How many kids did she have? Like, did you get into any of that? Yeah. So she, they have one daughter 
Mm-hmm. Um, they were a little bit of an older couple when they did IVF. So this, this is where like my story gets, there's so many layers. Mm-hmm. So our donor couple used an egg donor. Okay. So it wasn't like the female, it wasn't like the direct contact I had. It wasn't her, it wasn't her genetics. Either. Gotcha. They use an egg donor. Gotcha. This husband sperm. Mm-hmm. So they made seven embryos. And they had a daughter and she was, she now is like maybe like four, maybe I think she just turned four or is turning four. So, um, they had one daughter and, you know, decided it was kind of a rough pregnancy for her, a rough, um, birth for her. So she was like, we're, we're done, you know? Mm -hmm. So we knew, I mean, I saw pictures, I talked to her, she showed me pictures of the egg donor. Like we had a lot of contact that way. So I, I did know quite a bit about the family and, you know, a little bit about the history. So we were like, okay, like, you know, let, let's do it. Like I have no clue the next steps, but let's like, let's figure this out. So yeah, that's, that was where our six embryos came into play. So you got all six. Yes. We got all six. Okay. Wow. Mm -hmm. Do you feel comfortable talking about pricing at all? You don't have to, but I'm just curious. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So the one thing like I will say right off the bat is like, you cannot buy embryos. Like if anybody is trying to get your money to say, buy these embryos, it is illegal. You cannot buy someone else's embryos. The cost that goes into it is like, so for, for us and getting them transferred to our clinic, we paid the third party coordinator her fee. So Uh that her fee covered, you know, transferring them over like her part of it, her help to do all of the like logistics stuff. Okay. We also paid for like the, what is it? Like the, the shipping, we had to ship the embryos. Okay. So costs went into that. Uh-huh. We had to get a lawyer to write up a contract. Cause I mean, you're, you're, you definitely want to have a contract in place. It's right. very important. I feel like, because yep. you know, you don't want someone to come down the road and be like, Hey, those are my kids. Uh So we had, we paid a lawyer to do that process. We paid, we also had to do in order to transfer the embryos into our name and get them to our clinic. We had to do like a psych evaluation in where our embryos were from. So we Uh actually had to fly to where the embryos were and we actually got to meet the couple and stuff. So we, we paid for all of that stuff. We paid for like any sort of testing that the husband had to do or like any sort of thing that kind of came up mm-hmm. just so like they didn't have to pay for it. Like, you know, they were doing an amazing thing by just donating. So we made sure that there was no cost on them for any of this stuff to happen. Like we paid for it. So I would say like roughly for for us to get the embryos and to do like maybe our first transfer, it's probably maybe like 10,000. So okay. like just kind of like that price. And that doesn't include like our first transfer with the ones from the clinic and mm-hmm. you know, my mm-hmm. transfers after that. But like, I would say the initial whole process of getting the embryos and then doing like our first transfer, maybe like 10,000. Mm-hmm. Um, so they always kind of say it's a little bit less expensive than maybe doing full IVF or um, I know like traditional adoption is typically even more expensive than that. Right. So right. Um, that's kind of where that the, the cost is for all of that. Okay. Yeah. So then, okay, this is so interesting, Kate. Thank you so much for sharing all this. Yeah, and I hope I'm like making sense. Like I said, I know it's a lot of like- No, you totally are. 
So, okay. So then you've got the six and then how do you, when do you decide to do the next transfer? So this is probably like November, 2017, maybe. So we were like, they were getting shipped. We had signed up everything. Everything was great. And they were shipping. And I was like, I was probably the most annoying patient to my my nurse at my clinic, but I was like, okay, so like, when can I start? Like, when can we get started? <laughs> I, I want to get like pregnant. Let's do this. You know, it was almost the end of 2017. I'm like, this is going to be my year. Like it has been a shitty start to this year and yeah. I am going to, we're going to get pregnant. So bugged the crap out of her. And finally mm-hmm. she's like, okay, they're shipping. Let's, let's just start, you know, your prep cycle and then get going. So yeah, we started that November with like my prep and then December, like, oh man, maybe like 18, 17, somewhere around there. We did our transfer with our embryos from this second batch now. So like the the six embryos that we got from the woman on Facebook, we, we did our first transfer. Uh-huh. Yes. And did, how did you decide what, what exactly to transfer? Did, was it, were they like graded or? Yes. It- so I, we, our embryos, she told us, she's like, they're all amazing grades and they're all the same. So every, all six embryos were graded the exact same. Okay. So I always love that because I'm always like, literally our like destiny is in the hands of the embryologist. Like, right. it's kind of like, okay, which one are we going to pick today? Cause they're all the same. It doesn't matter. We don't know the genders. They're just all graded the exact same. So it's kind of like just picking one and putting it in. So I always uh-huh. love that. Cause I'm like, it's totally up to this embryology. Right. What about what the genders? We, have? we do not know the genders. They didn't do any testing or anything just because they used an egg donor. So typically, you know, egg donors have pretty good. I would say that there's pretty good um, like statistics of using an egg donor. So they uh-huh. didn't feel they needed to do the testing. So we didn't know genders or okay. anything. We just, embryologists picked one and put it in. Okay. Yeah. And? And it worked. <laughs> Yeah, we got, we, we, I tested, I think the must've been either, um, of course I had a test early. I'm definitely that one. Yeah. I am that infertile that will test like four days after five days after I can't help it. And then I test, you know, every day after. Understandable. Um, Yeah. So we, I tested and it was very faint and I brought my husband and like, I I think we're pregnant. And it was just, you know, overjoy. Like Uh I couldn't believe it. I had never seen like a good, solid, positive line. And I was like, I, this is it. Like we are going to be pregnant. We are pregnant and we are going to hopefully stay pregnant. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we did, we we had our baby. Yeah. So how did that, how was the pregnancy and how did it feel after, you know, having the, the one that did not. Yeah. So the pregnancy itself was perfect. I mean, nothing I didn't have any complications. Everything was, you know, a, a typical pregnancy. It was great. My anxiety, on the other hand, was so over the top and crippling. It was, mm-hmm. that's what made it miserable. Like it was just constant fear of losing the baby, mm-hmm. of, you know, and I had never been pregnant. So like, I didn't know what it meant, like things that you go through when you're pregnant, like Right. You know, for example, like bleeding, like I didn't know that that can still happen when you're pregnant. Like all those things that you're like, what? Like I didn't, I'm not supposed to be, this isn't supposed to be happening. Right. So Sorry. I forgot to ask just back yeah. a little bit. Did you ever think about transferring two or since you had the six, were you like, let's just do one at a time? My doctor for these ones was like, let's just do one. Like, okay. 
there's they felt pretty confident in it and the fact that we had quite a few extra mm-hmm. they were like let's just do one at a time and, mm-hmm. and see where that goes so okay yeah but oh. yeah the pregnancy itself was it's it's scary it is totally terrifying, terrifying. Yeah. we talk about that a lot is just you know the we were talking about this in our group last night you know somebody was saying like they're pregnant, but they're just waiting to have a miscarriage yeah, because they've had so many before. And that's the headspace you're in when you've gone through loss. And it's just experiencing that joy is just not a thing for so many people. No. And it sucks, you know, it infertility does. robs that yep. from you. And yeah. you know, somebody was saying she made, she told her parents and she was hoping it was going to be this really joyous announcement, but she couldn't stop crying. And it was, you yes. know, not what she was expecting it to be. And it's just, Oh, it's hard. It's that fear. It's just that fear that doesn't, it doesn't go away. And it, it really doesn't go away until you finally have that baby in your arms after they're born. And you can finally just breathe like a little sigh of relief. You know, it's right. Yeah. It's, yes. it's not fun. I won't. I'm not yes. Gonna so you had your little girl first, right? Yes. Josephine. Yep. She's Josephine. born in 2018. Oh, so Joji and co is, is that named after her? Obviously. It is for some reason. My husband and I just <laughs> couldn't stop calling her Joji. Like it was just like we would just call her Joji. So That's I was like, so cute. I'm honor her and and call call my little business that because yes, she's, yeah, she is. She's a spicy little firecracker. She's yeah, great. I bet, I bet yeah. she's so cute. Okay, so then I, this is not the end of the, your story because spoiler alert, you do have a little guy as well. Ooh, yes, so when yes. was the when did you decide to to do it again? So Josie was like 13 months. I'm like, let's do it again. It was August of the following year, I think. I don't know. Yeah, I think that sounds right. Mm-hmm. And we transferred. And unfortunately, again, that one, I did, it failed. It didn't work, mm-hmm. which was devastating. Mm-hmm. But it did, like, it did feel a, not quite as heavy. I think because we had our daughter, like, it was just, it, it was awful. It still mm-hmm. was, but it still was like, just a little bit like, okay, like at least we have, you know, four more embryos. We can try again. Right. You know, the, the pain doesn't go away, nope. but having my daughter, it was like, well, at least I have my daughter. You know, you just, you try to be like grateful in that moment, even though it's really hard sometimes, like, you know, it, it still sucks. It's not yeah. like, it's just like, Oh, it, it sucks. It, it was does. really hard. Yeah. And I think you that, know. you know, with people who, I guess technically that would be a kind of secondary infertility situation. Right. Um, yeah. You know, people who've gone through that, including myself, you know, there's, I always want to tell people that it's okay to have this mix of emotions. Like you're yeah. so thrilled that you have your baby or your children, but you're so sad that you can't have another one. And that's okay. You know, I think yeah. that we just need to normalize that and support each other and in our decisions. Cause sometimes, you know, when people already have kids, that, you know, it's people can be tough and yeah. say things that are hurtful and you should be grateful for what you have and things like <laughs> yeah. that. And, oh, you and just want to be so like, fuck you. <laughs> exactly. Like, seriously, like it's, you know, it just is like, it, it doesn't take away from your feelings and your pain. Like, of course you're grateful for your other child. Right. Like that gratitude is, it doesn't go anywhere, but at the same time, like, yeah, you still have that like right to be like, I want another baby. And I, I didn't, it sucks when you can't like, it's, oh, no, I agree. Yeah. That just, ugh. I, it, I said, sometimes people, you're just like, gosh, I know. I, I know. don't know. I don't know. About That's it. what I love about your Instagram and everybody should go follow yeah. um, 
her Instagram at Joji and Co. And, you know, you do a lot of posts about just the real feelings Mm -hmm. that people go through and no bullshit and all that. And I love, I love your posts. Oh, thanks. Um, I know. I said, I try to, you know, keep them like that. Cause it's like, you know, and I've had a lot of people be like, reach out to me who haven't gone through infertility or like, damn, like, thanks for saying that. Like, I probably said that to somebody and it's, you know, you didn't realize how hurtful it could be. It's right. You know, it's kind of the whole point of what I wanted to do too, is just be like, yeah, you know, totally. What you say is not okay. Like yes. you gotta, you gotta re- be able to reel it in. So exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So then back to your story. Yes. So when was, then you did another transfer? Yep. And we did it right. We did it back to back. So okay. I, we transferred then in October and found, I, it was like, must have been right around like Halloween. And I was cleaning and my husband was like doing the dishes and my daughter was playing. And I'm like, I need to test. Like it just came out of nowhere. I'm like, I have to test right now. And I did. And it was like four days past our transfer. So it was really early and there was a really nice line. And then they just kept, you know, kept Mm -hmm. testing every day since. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, we had, we had my little boy in July. Oh, wow. My little Bennett. Yes. An adorable Benny, little guy yeah. as well. So yeah. he, how old are they both now? I'm not good at math, Kate. Josie. <laughs> Josie is like, she'll be three and a half. And mm-hmm. then Benny is like 18 months, 19 months. So a little over a year and a half. Okay. You definitely don't need to get into this at all. Cause it can be complicated, but you know, when you have embryos left, which you have a couple, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Is there that, you know, that I feel like we talked about this at Rally Live a little bit, yeah. but off the record. So if you honestly, if you don't want to go into it, I'll cut this part out. But, you know, how do you, what do you decide like next steps wise, right? Like it's, it's tricky when you've got some embryos in the bank. Yeah. Yeah. And my husband and I are actually like, we often have this conversation like, okay, like, what are we going to do? What's kind of our next step? My, my son is very active. He is very much a boy and he has no fear. And that has been really hard for me because I'm like, how am I going to do this again if we decide mm-hmm. to do this? Because he is just a handful. Mm-hmm. So we've been kind of like, ah, you know, this is great. We have, you know, a boy and a girl. We're very happy. But to kind of like backtrack a little bit, um, one thing my my donor kind of asked was, you know, once you have them, like it's totally up to you what you do, but I would really like you know, just you guys to have the embryos, like Mm. whether or not, you know, you donate, whatever happens to them after she's like, I really would like them just to be yours. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, you know, we'll see like once they're ours, you know, it's all up to us. And so that was kind of like, you know, was in the back of my head and we have three left over. And in April of 2020, my donor passed away unexpectedly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So she, you know, it's always something that kind of just sits in the back of my mind. Like those were kind of her wishes. You know, we would like to maybe have another one. Do we just kind of see what happens, you know, just kind of honor her because that was something that she wanted. And, you know, I know us donating would be so amazing to another couple, but also like you know, we could go through all three embryos and none of the transfers work. And, you know, so we're just kind of right. at like those crossroads of like our next steps. And, right. you know, they always say like, you're never going to like regret having another one. You know, you're not going to have like those feelings like, oh man, I, that number three, like, right. darn, you know, like, so we know even if we do it, like it'll be amazing. And it's just, 
we're just kind of maybe now trying to figure out like the when, like when we'll do it. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's hard. It's really hard. And and just knowing that that's what she wanted was, is something that kind of weighs on us. Cause you know, she, she is the reason we have our kids today. And Absolutely. she is the reason why, you know, we are able to even have that opportunity to go for more children. So she's, she's, even though she's gone, you know, from earth, she's still like lives with in my heart because she's just, she's just the reason why we're parents. And yeah. it's, it's yeah. hard to not honor what her wishes are. But again, those are things that we'll kind of just have to like play out and see what happens. Yes. You know? Yeah. Before we wrap, I would love for you to say, you know, tell us a little bit more in terms of embryo donation, adoption, you know, what do you wish that, you know, people knew about it? Are there any like myths surrounding it that you want to bust or like anything you wish you had known or somebody that's listening that might want to go down this path? You know, what do they need to know? Just a couple quick, you know, final thoughts. Sure. I think the biggest thing for me going through this, you know, was even when I was pregnant with my daughter, my, my first child, I had these feelings of like, what if I don't connect with her? What if there's like, she's born and like, I just, I don't have that connection that I assumed I would have with a genetic child. And even until I swear the day before she was born, I would just cry. Like, what if that horrible, like, what if question? And I can fully say with a hundred percent, the second I heard her cry, it was, it was game over. Like it was, Mm. she is mine. That connection was there instantly. You know, it, it's, that is a huge, maybe not even a myth, but just maybe a fear that people have of like, will I connect? And Mm -hmm. yes, like the connection is so deep. It is so deep Mm -hmm. and it's there. And, you know, I, I often get the question of, do you wish you could still have your own genetic children? Or like, do you wonder what they would be like? And of course I wonder what they would be like. You know, I oftentimes will find myself like, oh, I wonder if they'd have my my chin or, you know, my eye color, whatever. And I, I have no like desire for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if my husband and I spontaneously got pregnant, like I wouldn't be sad, but it would also be like kind of devastating because like, I love my kids. Like my kids have dark brown eyes from neither one of my husband and I, and they just, you know, they're their own little people that we just, we love them so much for who they are. And Mm -hmm. even though they're not genetically related, like they are so much a part of us and so loved by everybody in our family that Mm -hmm. no, I I don't have any of those like lingering desires or, or wishes of having my own genetic children. It's just, it's not there. Like I know it's not. So I I thought I was going to get through this without tearing up, but you just made me totally tear up because it's just so the love is palpable. And I'm just yes. looking through your Instagram with these pictures of your yes. beautiful family, just to clear up like the genetics question. Mm-hmm. So they are genetically a hundred percent related, right? Okay. Yep. Siblings. Yep. They um, are 100% it's so yep. interesting. So w- when do you think you'll, you'll talk to them about this or have you started to kind of introduce it through like, there's some wonderful children's books yes. and, yes, you know, just are. telling them their stories. Yeah. And so we have in their rooms, we have their little embryo picture from the transfer. Yeah. And then they always say like, 
embryo donated embryos are like known as snowflakes. That's kind of like their big, big thing. So, so cool. I have a snowflake in each of their rooms next to their picture. Yeah. And we just kind of talk like, you know, they're three in one. So it'll be something that I want them to just kind of grow up knowing, like just kind of knowing their story. I'm not going to one day drop a bomb and, you know, be like, this is, you know, how you came to be. Right. I just want them to grow up kind of knowing their situation, what kind of happened. And there are so many great children's books out there. Um, my husband and I have always had like a goal or like a dream of writing our own. Do but, it. Know, time, time gets in the way. I know, right? So that's kind of like our our thing, like eventually. But the other, a couple months ago, I, I was sitting and looking through a book. I kind of wrote during our journey and, and added pictures and everything. And Josie sat next to me and was just so interested in it. And I was just like, this is so cool. Like, I can't wait to one day show her this, like show her our journey that I wrote and took pictures of and documented all of this stuff. So um, yeah, I'm excited to show her that one day. But yeah, I just kind of want them to grow up just knowing like, you know, this is where we came from. And, and the good thing with today's world too is like, this is becoming very normal. You yeah. know, there's so many different ways to have families you know, two moms, two dads, whatever, single, single parents, you know, it's just, it's totally. just becoming more normal, I guess. Yeah. I think so. the beautiful thing about, you know, all of our situations is like these kids are, we're so wanted yes. and they're so loved. And how cool is that? It doesn't get much yeah. cooler than that. It really doesn't. No, they're amazing. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Kate, you're the best. Definitely check out Joji and Co. guys for some really cool jewelry. Makes great gifts for people who are going through this. And also, as always, please check out Fertility Rally if you guys are looking for more support. We have a website full of lots of resources and information. And if you do want to become a member, you have access to our support groups and our private Facebook groups and our family, which is just this incredible community of women from all over the world going through all different sorts of things. So we are over 300 strong. We're hoping to get even bigger. We want to help as many people as we can. So check us out at fertilityrally.com or on Instagram at Fertility Rally. And always let me know if you have any questions or you need more info. Okay. Talk to you guys next time. Thanks. Thanks.